Konnichiwa. Welcome to the Jandals in Japan podcast. Catherine. So here we are back from Beppu and this is a special episode we wanted to record just to remember our takeaways, insights, all the great things that we experienced and learned from we're taking part in the JNZBC Japan New Zealand Business Council Conference in Beppu this year 2022. Mm. So why don't you tell us a little <laughs> bit about you're you are actually up on the stage you're one of the few women who are up on the stage during that conference being a moderator for the very first plenary session the first plenary session was actually looking back to watershed moments that's right that have occurred over the past 10 20 30 40 50 years of even more than that Mm. the relationship between new zealand and japan i mean the whole theme of the conference was transforming challenges into strengths through partnership uh, with a focus on sustainability and sustainable societies. And I I was so pleased to be able to be asked to be a co-moderator with uh, my friend from Sumitomo Forestry. And we had split it between New Zealand moderator and Japan moderator. So I was New Zealand and I was dedicated to two New Zealand companies, Zespri and Air New Zealand. Uh, and we worked before the conference on what that would look like, what sort of watershed moments they wanted to talk about and talk about their story of working in and around Japan. And, you know, it was just incredible that they could come up with interesting things. If you think about um, in New Zealand, for example, they invested more than 10 years. I think it was 13 on the ground mm. before to build up relationships, get the trust, get the confidence before they actually got approval to land um yeah the fly the route that they could land in the region it took 13 years for that to come through that is just amazing and in that time they took that time to build brand awareness and trust with the new zealand brand so that when that did come through yeah that people were lining up to get on those flights which makes sense for what sorry it makes sense for what ian was saying when he first came uh ian that was our guest a few episodes ago and he was saying in the episode that he couldn't fly direct from Auckland to Japan he had to go via Singapore or Hong Kong or oh, Hong Kong maybe and at that time in the That's 70s right. when he first came to Japan so yeah. that would have been when Air New Zealand wasn't able to fly yet yeah oh my goodness. and speaking of Ian I mean he spoke at the end there about none of this being short term it's all about long term and that good things take time and he talked about remember he quoted that Japanese saying Ishino ue ni san nen yeah, you know, literally <laughs> three years sitting on, on a, a rock, rock. <laughs> three years on a rock, sitting on a rock. And I'm going to quote what he said. Um, he talked about international engagement as long term, challenging work that requires an intergenerational perspective, a commitment to stakeholder engagement, significant investment, building relationships, market research, and importantly, a cross cultural understanding, and a willingness to see things from the other person's point of view. I really love how he captured that at the end. I quoted him um, on that when he was saying I was writing these notes furiously. So that was awesome to hear him sum up in that way. And there's probably a little bit more to say. But for me, when I was listening to the people speaking at the conference, the first message I took away was this continuity and constant action. We've talked about it lots on the podcast. Setting up in Japan takes a long time, but the rewards are huge. 
And had I had time to do a summary uh, on the stage afterwards, I would have said that it, you know, it takes time to plant the seed like it does for a tree, right? To grow, to nurture it, fertilize it. All of these things grow a strong tree with very strong roots. And even long-standing Zespri and in New Zealand, they were great examples of that growth in market. And they also said that they still view Japan as a growth market rather than a established market for them. Mm. So they wanted to keep going and, and think that it's really ripe for opportunities. And the second message, we've talked about it, but calling out collaboration. I don't think Zespri would have been able to succeed in market had they not had their local partners and they've got local partners now growing the fruit here. Uh, so that's that one was super thing. surprising. Super yeah. amazing. And mm. Air New Zealand talked about enhancing its strengths uh, with other New Zealand partners in Japan, mm. right? Yeah. Across Team NZ. So those are opportunities to build on strengths that are there. Don't redo or reinvent the wheel. And we've found that across our jandals too, mm. collaborating together it really makes sense, not just with Japanese partners, but like country partners. Yeah. This, yeah. yeah. Right. Like I think uh, we were showing a picture of Zespri and Air New Zealand collaborating on <laughs> some uh, marketing thing. And I was like, that's fantastic. That like, Why not? collaborate Why more not do that yeah share the share the cost share the share the benefits but also just yeah increase that brand awareness through these collaborations right that picture captured it didn't it so in new zealand with a the kiwi team, brothers a kiwi, was it kiwi brothers the kiwi brothers uh mascots were there and then a chat from tourism new zealand um and a celebrity a japanese celebrity mm. who was in the campaign it was just amazing and i think the third message i was going to convey had i had time <laughs> But I did at the end, and a very quick summary was the complementary skills and competencies and attributes that we have as both countries that we can work on. And I wanted to really talk about soft power. Mm. I think Japan and New Zealand are in the top 15, 16 countries in the world. In fact, I think they're closer to the top five of countries that rate very high in soft power. And, you know, that's about diplomacy and about cultural and political influence. Uh, empathy, trust, integrity, all of those things. Um, not the military power or the huge economic power of big, big countries, but the smaller power that we can bring. And I just thought, what about if we could bring all of that together, how New Zealand and Japan could work together on soft power aspects to solve those big issues, mm. climate change, poverty, inequality, carbon neutrality, tech, you know, clean tech, food security, all of those things need hard aspects but the soft power that japan and new zealand have together i think we could really do a lot more um, as we have a natural way of working together mm, definitely and yeah what else were you going to say when you got cut off like i think because everybody <laughs> talked too long unfortunately and it was a first yeah. session and nobody sort of knew how it was going to go and then you didn't get a chance to read your summary what were you what well the other part i was going to talk about was reflecting on the the night before i spoke we'd been in an at an event where a welcome party where there was taiko drummers and the taiko drummers were children who were performing under the new zealand and japan flags and these kids were aged from 11 or 12 through to the leader who was around 15 16 and it got me thinking about where they will be in 10 years time and so those 11 12 year olds are going to be 21 22 finishing university the one who's the leader he will be um, and they will be the ones who at that end of the at the scale will be 25 26 and probably been working in a company mm. or in a business or somewhere for four or five years 
So for me, it was we leaders now need to be thinking about a sustainable society for those children and designing our now for them in the future. Mm -hmm. So that's what struck me. And I wanted to convey that message. Um, and I didn't think that we could be a sustainable society without diverse voices. And I alluded to a little bit about this when I, you know, related hearing Jacinda Ardern when she came to Japan, she came to Tokyo and spoke at the Tokyo Chamber of Commerce business event. And she talked about asking and being asked and herself being asked to be prime minister or else she wouldn't have been there. And I really do think that in future conferences, not only this one, but others, we really need to bring in more diverse voices. And we can only do that by asking them first. They're not readily going to put up their hand, even if they want to. So we've got to actively bring in more voices, women, indigenous people, young people. There was a group there from tourism based in New Zealand, four or five, six people came through, but more of those people who not just participate, but actually get to be up on the stage and have the privilege I had of being a moderator or a speaker. We need more of that in the future. And I really hope that we can work together and show the way. And so that's what I wanted to also convey mm -hmm. uh, and be in a place in future, like Jacinda Ardern also said, she wants her daughter to also be in a place where she's not having to be asked, mm -hmm. but it just naturally happens. So that's the yeah. sustainable future, I think, and brings back in the, the tying in of all the themes of the conference. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think if we, could have seen maybe one of those young people up on the stage to hear what, you know, what are they worried about, what do they care about, or what's concerning them in their career or business. That would have been very interesting as well. It would have been just mm. an opportunity at some point, even, you know, 10 minutes to be able to give them sound bites to be able to do that would be mm. awesome. But let's mm. bring them back again and have a, give them an opportunity. Uh, and maybe we can have them on the show sometime jane to talk about mm, it but yeah we'd love to hear from them yeah. have them go to christchurch where the next conference will be held in, in november 2023 and speak about these success stories uh, and then have them also come back to japan uh, or another group or various groups for the 50th conference in 2024 talking about those success stories and collaboration and mm. community connection complementary skills i really want to hear what they've got coming in the next three four five years mm. Yeah, for me, the New Zealand delegates breakfast was very interesting to hear why people were attending and get a chance to know who would, is someone that you might like to talk to during the, the time that we were together. One of the most important things I've probably heard was from Nahiwi Tomoana. He was talking about providence, yeah, and mm. the importance of providence. The importance of whenua ancestors and story and so that just really spoke to me that this is really important what we're doing here on jandals and that we can help in new zealand businesses in their journey here in japan as well telling those stories and hopefully we can tell some more diverse stories as we go along that would be really awesome and being together in person was really important wasn't it sure was that was the first time in three years that it had happened mm. to be in person. That's right. And I can't imagine how it must have been to be doing it online. It must have been a real struggle to get people, I don't know how they, you know, because so, some of the best interactions and the funnest sort of moments happened in those moments between all of the meetings. It wasn't in the meeting when you're sitting there or listening, but 
when you went to get a coffee and you had to help someone get the hot water out and then they it turned into a conversation or when you were on a bus and there were no seats left and you had to sit next to someone you didn't know and they turned out to be really fun and you had a, yeah. a great conversation that was and, fun yeah so it was those other times yeah when we could meet people just chat but you knew that was going to end so it wasn't a big investment right but you, so you could just chat for 10 minutes while you're on that bus you knew it, mm. you were going to get off right and soon so you just enjoyed it while you were there but then it was it was quite fun and maybe you had lunch together later or something but yeah it was, exactly it was really or that you could connect someone else but i found i think one of the last two coffee breaks i actually just spoke to one person on each break mm-hmm. so i wasn't talking to many people or trying to see who else I could speak to. I just devoted the time to one person. And one of them was an avid listener of the podcast and then shared with me a couple of other ones that they listened to. And that was cool just to hear about a few other things that people talk about that they're interested in and just hear their, hear their voice from locally being in New Zealand and how much more they want to be doing with Japan and how we could work together. And it was very natural. It wasn't forced. And so I think that's what happens Mm. only when you're in person and when you're in a situation like that, where you're on your break and investing in that time. So it does, like Ian has often said, you know, it happens on the course, not at at the tea. And it happens in between the conference on the green, yeah, yeah, on the Mm. green um, of the golf course, not at the Mm. tea when Mm. you're teeing off. You're right. The presentations were fantastic. They were great to hear the updates and information that I hadn't heard before, mm. new things. But it was really those chats in between and the and sitting down at lunch. Mm. The stealth uh, networking, I think, is the word I was looking for. <laughs> you didn't know you were doing it. You thought you were just riding on a bus somewhere, but actually you were having a great time chatting to someone and you got to know more about whatever yeah. it is that they're doing. Yeah. And it came up a couple of times that with your food basket and my food basket, the people will thrive, that Maori proverb. And I mm-hmm. thought, yeah, that's what it all was. It was helping each other fill each other's basket. Uh, so that we could be better together and mm. i really loved how we talked about that and and it was just, just a lot of fun and really well organized and i know to have it a conference like that work as well as it did there must be so much action going on in the background <laughs> yeah. and you know you've got to call it out for sarah mclaughlin to also mm. give her such uh, kudos to what she did to bring it all together um and tony boot you know he also helped there with the tourism team and just a lot goes on in the background of these conferences uh, and group study tours, et cetera, that you just don't know about, you never hear about, um, mm. and it just start, they just do the job. So thank you to them. Anything else you found, Jane, and your takeaways? Well, I made it to the newspaper in Beppu, apparently. So you did. Luckily, somehow it came through into your inbox, didn't it, in an email? On a completely different email chain. Yes, I saw it. I scrolled right to the very end and saw this picture and thought, that's Jane. <laughs> 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 and, and zoomed in and sure enough it was you and the mm. Beppu, i think was it or oita local newspaper mm. yeah oita local newspaper or something like that and yeah apparently there was a picture of me so we we went and looked further and yeah the media had been there covering it and i've been sitting at the front or near the front and i wanted a good seat so that i could take photos and you know video you up on the stage and things like that and so i had plonked myself down next to a random Japanese man and I just said hello can I sit next to you and he was like oh okay yeah sure and so we sat together and created this image that ended up on the front of the <laughs> well not on the front page but in this newspaper which was a Japanese businessman and a New Zealand woman working away at a desk 
at this conference together, hashtag international understanding, <laughs> hashtag Koksai Kordu. Um I just thought that was pretty funny. It um, was. It was great. Great symbolism of the whole thing. Yes, actually. yes, symbolism. Yes. And you were great in that and you should we should all do this. It's not just sit in the same place that we would normally sit or with our comfort people. You sat in a different place to me. We split up, divided and conquered, right? Mm. But that's it, to just do things differently. You're coming to an event like this, you really need to get out of your comfort zone and not sit all together. Yeah, so when we hit the breaks, I said to my my table friend, what was your takeaway? And then he he would tell me the things that were interesting to him or things he didn't know. And so I found that really interesting that we both found it interesting, but there was different things that we found interesting. And so we shared with each other what those things were or what we thought was good. And yeah, it turns out he works at a very big company. That was one of the big companies at the conference. And yeah, now we have a, a new another listener <laughs> to the Channels in Japan podcast because he got told all about it while he got to sit next to me as well. But he was very interested in learning more about New Zealand people and how they think or what they struggle with when they come to Japan to do business with. And so I explained to him he can hear all about that on our show. <laughs> and yeah, he thought that was a really good resource as well. So yeah, please recommend it to your Japanese friends as well as a way to learn about New Zealanders who want to do business in Japan. That's a good aspect, isn't it? To call, to again call out is that it's helpful for Japanese people to know what foreigners, especially in our case, New Zealanders coming in, struggle with that they yes. can actually work, do workarounds on, or know, be conscious. Just notice it. Yeah, just notice, notice it. Ah, oh, they're not idiots. They actually don't know. They just don't well. know that there's actually a switch to flick back on the hot water to push the pump <laughs> yeah. and to do all this. The, mm. Every water jug, uh, et cetera, is all set up differently. Mm. Right. Yeah. So just every little thing like that, um, of course, on a bigger scale for business coming in, what makes it easier? I'm really glad that you sat with him and could strike up that conversation and that that was going on all the time. I'm up, at the, up on the stage or that someone else is presenting or that I'm on the other table talking. Imagine if we could have captured all of those conversations that were happening amongst people. And I, I'd really love for others who have who have had a great time at the conference to let us know, tell us your story of the thing that was really, really great for you outside of the formal presentations, the formal mm -hmm. panel discussions, plenary sessions. What else was really rocking for you during that conference that made a big difference to you coming to Japan after so much, such a long time? And also for the Japanese people who were in, in Japan, uh, them attending and meeting up with New Zealanders. What made a difference to you? We'd mm -hmm. love to hear that. Yeah, I hope uh, next time we can have some more of these stealth networking opportunities, whatever it might be. I was thinking maybe if everybody picked up a number when they walk into the room, if you're a New Zealander, you pick a number from that box. If you're on the Japan side, you pick a number from that box. So you're going to end up sitting next to someone from the other team. Now, that's a brilliant idea. Like you have to. And because you've got a number... It's too bad that like you end up sitting where you sit because I feel that is something that Japanese people could get on board with. And then you have to give your number back at the end of each coffee time. So at, when it's coffee break, you give your number back. And when you come back, right. in, you have to go and sit somewhere else. Yeah. So like you're and moving around hard, the room. Because you don't have that long. much stuff with you. So you can just pick no. it up, right? It shouldn't, shouldn't be hard. Like, what are you? Whatever. You just pick it up when you find out what your number is and move to the next spot. That would yeah. be just, it's like round robin, isn't it? Mm -hmm. uh, like, how many yeah, like speed dating speed dating how many... <laughs> the conference style but i just thought if you did that then there's like what six different people you could meet 
Exactly. Probably. And it may feel a little uncomfortable or it's like, who am I going to be with? But we love the challenging of our comfort zones in a way. It would be really. just be the first time everyone would be a bit nervous and then they'd be like, oh, that wasn't so bad. And then enjoy it from the second time around. It'll be very fun, I think. The other thing I would like, you talked about it when we were there, is the cross-industry or cross-group uh, interactions. And perhaps that could have mm. been a bit more formalized. So maybe even before each session or before the evening sessions, there could have been a little powwow or a bit of a hooey together mm. to try and do some cross, cross-cultural, cross-industry quick interactions that maybe some sharing or deepening there could be mm. something else to work on for next time just to make yeah, rock it up a little really bit really fun different. just like tell us your problem and and how would your industry deal with that oh well, we would do that or or something for for <laughs> or five minutes the, each or something Who knows? yeah the alternative to going out on the golf trip so there is the golf trip on the sunday before the monday official start but maybe mm. the people who aren't going to the golf could be generating some kind of discussion back at the hotel so there would be a time to connect in that way across the industry and then you're already kick-starting the next day's events as well maybe there's something like that some room to work mm. with that for the forthcoming conferences that would be really fun to to meet you know a space person a, a forestry person a tourism person and then you all discuss something Some particular <laughs> very thing different perspectives on that's their so fascinating. Plate, right because you know for example ceos these days are very concerned about retention of staff retention mm -hmm. of employees good employees they've all got that issue amongst them oh yeah sure totally. so why not hear from the person in tourism how they're dealing with it to help the person in forestry right i think that would be an awesome thing to do yes. well, i can't wait for christchurch next year i mean it is yes. my hometown so I'm looking forward to being a, a host, um, helping out in the hosting and making sure everyone feels comfortable and in introducing my little old city uh, and seeing how things work. With, and, I, and it'll be November before we know it. This year's gone so yeah, far. So looking around. forward to that and the, the preparations, I'm sure, are already starting. Yeah, I can't wait to have Christchurch as a venue after all these years of being rebuilt. It's ready. Let's go back there and share what a great place Christchurch is and that people can visit again. Yeah. Exactly. And yeah. it's also the timing is really super. I don't know how it worked, but it is the anniversary of the sister city relationship between Christchurch and its Japanese counterpart, Kurashiki, in Okayama Prefecture. Mm -hmm. uh, so they were established in 1973. It'll be 2023. Wow. Yeah, that's a lovely a coincidence. 50 years, right? So that's amazing. <laughs> so we look forward to continuing being involved and really thank Ian for the support he's given the podcast and all the other people he's introduced. Guests yeah. are still piling yeah. through, through Ian's introduction. And if any of you all know about something perhaps in the future that you'd like to have shared on the podcast, let us know. And certainly, as I said before, any feedback from the conference itself, we'd love to share in a future episode your feedback your inspirations from your time in Bebu. Alrighty, yeah thanks to everyone who's been listening and our new new listeners from Bebu who are hopefully listening to this as well when they all subscribed uh during the conference and we will be back with more awesome jandals and their great stories of entry into japan soon kia ora and see you soon listening make sure you check out our guests links in the show notes 
This podcast is brought to you today by Catherine O'Connell Law and Pod Launch with Jane. If you have a great story you think should be on the show, come and find us on LinkedIn or Instagram. We'd love to hear from you. See you next time. Mata ne!